You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Christina and I am married to Earl, who was the real funny guy who was up here before. <laughs> funny and humorous. What more could you? Uh, funny and humorous. I was about to say funny and good looking. <laughs> funny and humorous and good looking. So good. Uh, and we're part of the team here at Victory. And one of the uh, part of the amazing um, part of being on the team, our responsibility is to, as you would have heard, to lead our incredible youth ministry. And so. I'm kind of viewing this morning as like the start of camp. So welcome to summer camp, everybody. (laughs) You get to be a part of it as well. I just kind of had to tell myself, no, camp starts now. And you know what? It's, It's a concentrated space where we're focused on God. So it does start now. Do you feel young now? I'm sure you do. <laughs> so good. Um, and for this series, we've been hanging out in Ezekiel chapter 37. And so I'm going to read it out um, this morning verses 1 to 10. And if you're looking for it in your paper Bible, it's like just before Daniel and just a little bit past halfway in my Bible. And so the dry bones live. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. He caused me to go around back and forth, walk past them all. And indeed, there were very many and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Good answer, right? (laughs) If anyone knows God, it's you. You have the answer to this. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord of Israel says to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. And cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. So the whole thing hasn't quite come together yet. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, prophesy and say to the breath, this is what the Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. What a crazy picture, right? So, so crazy. And it's amazing what God can do in the most dead, dry situation where there hasn't been life or hope for a long time. God can do anything, right? I'm going to pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord God, I pray that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what you are saying to us this morning, God. Lord, how your breath and your words and your miracles translate into our lives, into our everyday. Lord, let us hear your voice this morning, God. And Help us, Lord, to grow in our faith, Lord. Let us be encouraged in our faith, Lord, knowing that you can do anything in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So good. I love that passage, and and we're going to keep going with that in just a moment. But, uh, you know, some of you might know that um, 
Earl and I went to New Zealand over Christmas for two weeks. So um, that was really fun. It was like basically 22 degrees the whole time, <laughs> which, you know, for some people you're like, oh, I wish that was us. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was beautiful. And um, we get over there every second Christmas because Earl is originally from New Zealand. So we spend time with family and friends. And, um, you know, we also try and like do a little bit of sightseeing when we can. And this time we went to a place uh, called Tauranga. Am I saying that right, Beck? <laughs> he teases me because I find the Kiwi words really hard to say. <laughs> anyway, and so we went to a place called Tauranga, which is like a popular holiday um, destination. And there's a place there called Mount Monganui. And there's a caravan park there. And as the name suggests, there's a big mount there. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of Nelson Bay a bit, but less spread out, more compact and, and very popular. There's a beach and everything. And so we stayed at the caravan park there for a couple of days and, and we had fun. And when you go to a place like that, it's just kind of like a rite of passage, right? You've got to climb the mount. It's just, it's, it's just like our campsite was literally at the bottom of it. So it's like if we didn't, it would have just been mocking us, like it's right, you know. <laughs> and so we had to climb the mount. And uh, there was a few ways that you could go. There was a couple of options. And so some of these options took a bit longer, um, but they were less steep. And so in a way, you could say they were probably a bit easier. Um, and the shortest path took about 45 minutes, but it's pretty much 45 minutes of just stairs. Does anyone like stairs here? <laughs> no, I'm not the only one. Okay. Look, if there's anything that can break me, it's stairs, all right? <laughs> and I'm feeling some trepidation because, you know, end of year rush. I haven't exercised for a few months, and I know that stairs are kind of like a weakness of mine already. And I already have two other similar stories about climbing mountains that is not much different to this story. So I think I need to climb more mountains. But uh, we, we choose the shortest route, you know. And Earl, he, he's like, come on, we're going to go this way. I'm like, okay. And, and I can feel myself starting to get out of breath before we've even really started. There's like a short little walk before you get to the gate on a slight incline. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> This is not good. And, um, you know, after quite a lot of stairs, you really start to test the limits of your fitness. And, and Earl was a few steps in front of me the whole time. And he was so nice, you know, he'd look back over. You're right, baby. Okay. Yep. 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 And there's people like overtaking me on this track. And I'm like, okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And we get about halfway. We could have been closer than halfway. I don't know. We get about halfway and I decide that for me, this is an impossible situation. Like, this is my valley of dry bones. I'm done. There is no life left in me. There is no energy. This is it. I'm done. I'm, this is a hopeless situation. And I'm literally having trouble breathing, and I stop, and Earl stops. He's like, you okay? And I say, I can't do it. I'm done. i got nothing left. Like, this is, I'm, I'm giving you the nice version. This is in between wheezes, but I won't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine, right, and uh, that I'm gasping for air while I say this. I'm like, no, I'm done. And Earl said, that's all right. Have a drink of water. We're still going to the top. I'm like, <laughs> and I have tears in my eyes. I think I have tears in my eyes now. I'm just reliving it. And, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so I, I don't know how long I stood there for. It was not a place where you stop. It was not one of the lookouts. It's on this skinny part. People are squeezing past me to get past, like looking at me, thinking, is she all right? she an asthmatic? Nope, just unfit. And, <laughs> and so finally. 
I'm like, oh, I'm nearly out of water. Like, this is, oh, am I going to make it? Finally, the thing is, I know that Earl's not going to let me out of it, right? He's not walking me back down to the bottom of that mount. So it's up or stuck there. So I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. And we get to the top and, you know, photo opportunities. It's beautiful. I feel accomplished. Walking back down, I've got these jelly legs, but it's okay. And, you know, we're nearly at the bottom and this little kid, this cute little girl, is starting to be like me. She's starting to freak out and she's crying and she's like, oh, mom, I don't want to do it. You know, and I hear her mum say, oh, we'll be going back down soon. And she goes, no, it's never going to end. And I'm like, it's not. You're right. <laughs> like, quick, turn around, run away from home, kid. It's not going to end. So for me, you know, in the middle of that mountain, it was probably like a large hill, but in the middle of that mountain... <laughs> I felt like I was in an impossible situation. I was running out of hope. But the one thing that kept me going was that I wasn't alone. Knowing that I had somebody there, tough love and all, exactly what I needed at that time, I knew that I wasn't alone. If I had tried to climb that thing by myself, I would probably still be there now just seeing somebody carry me to the bottom, you know. But I wasn't alone and I knew that I could make it with Earl there. So thanks for that, babe. And uh, (laughs) Ezekiel, right there in the first verse, acknowledges who is with him in the valley of dry bones. He is not alone in that place. He says, the Spirit of the Lord brought me out into that place and I was with the Spirit of the Lord. You know, when we are aware that God, the all-powerful God is with us, He is right there with us, what a difference does that make to the hope to the possibility of a miracle, to going, hey, God, if anyone can do this, it's you. Because who knows that? Like, it doesn't matter how dead that thing is. If God breathes on it, it's going to live, right? So, you know, we know that if God is on our side, but we forget. I'm forgetful. It's probably one of my, yeah, common traits that happens often. I'm forgetful. And we do. We forget that God is right there, the God that created the universe. The God that's already seen those dry bones live once already, he can bring them back to life again. And so knowing that we're not alone, it makes all the difference. You know, in verse 2, it says that God got Ezekiel to take a good look at the situation. I, you can probably pick this up from my Mount story, but a bit of an avoider, (laughs) If, you know, I'm sure we can all relate when it's something we really don't want to do or something like that. Ezekiel's not exactly in a pleasant situation, right? But he faces it. He allows God to walk him through it. He gets a good look at the situation. He confronts it. And what that does in us, when we can really take in the reality of the situation, is that when the miracle happens, it just brings God more glory, Right? Because we're like, yep, that was good and properly dead in my life. There really was no life left. I really did try all the options. I really did look at this properly. I didn't just run away. I faced it. I faced it with God, but I faced it and I had a good look. You know, I had a good look at my finances. I had a good look at that relationship. I had a good look on the inside of myself to see maybe what are some of the patterns that are there that I need God's help to break. 
I had a good look at that impossible health thing and I did everything the doctor said and I had a good look. I didn't run away. But I looked at it with God. I looked at it with the King of Kings, not alone. I faced it. And then we're not only just facing the, you know, supposed facts of the situation, but we're also facing the reality of God and the reality of what He can do, the reality of how He can move. God does one of my favorite things in verse 3, and I love it because He does it a lot in the Bible, and that's that He asks Ezekiel a question. Have you ever thought about that, God asking us a question? It's not like he doesn't know the answer. (laughs) It's not like he needs us to reply, but we need to answer. We need to participate. He does it for us. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they'd made the biggest mistake of all time. And thanks, guys. and, uh, (laughs) And they're hiding from God. They're feeling embarrassed. And God says, where are you? God's not losing a game of hide and seek. He knows where they are. But they need to answer. They need to answer him. They need to do something. God is giving Ezekiel an opportunity to exercise some faith. God is giving Ezekiel an opportunity to lean in to a miracle. Can these bones live? God, you alone know. I think in that moment, you know, we can judge it however we want because Ezekiel didn't say yes or no. But I don't think Ezekiel's confidence was in the outcome. It was in God. God, if they can live, you know. Even if they didn't, I really believe that Ezekiel's faith in God wouldn't have been any less. You know, God didn't actually need Ezekiel in order for the miracle to occur. He could have just taken Ezekiel there and just done it and just shown him. I really imagine, I don't know why, really imagine the Valley of Dry Bones to look like that place in the Lion King that Simba's not supposed to go. (laughs) That's for you, Bessie. (laughs) Where the hyenas are, for some reason, Valley of Dry Bones and that area, same in my head. Um, And... I just imagine God with his arm around Ezekiel being like, how about a miracle? Let's do this together. I could just do it for you and show off, but let's go. You're in this too. God chooses to include us. He chooses to include us in the miracles that he does. He moves in our moving. He creates through our words. He doesn't need our words to create, but he chooses that. He chooses to create when we prophesy, when we speak the word of God over our lives, when we hold on to something that he has said to us and we speak it out. He wants us to engage in the miracle. You know, it says Ezekiel prophesied as the Lord commanded him. He did what God said. And, you know, sometimes God might give us something to say, And we do it at first, but persevering is not always the easiest thing. And Ezekiel did see a two-part miracle. First of all, the bones come together and they're covered in flesh and skin and everything like that. And 
but they're not standing up. There's no breath in them yet. But God had said, if we look at that first thing that God says, he says, yeah, I'm going to cover them in skin. Yeah, I'm going to cover them in flesh, but I'm going to cause breath to enter them as well. And so two out of three happens, and God says to Ezekiel, go again. Prophesy again. Tell them, tell those bones that breath is going to enter them and they are going to live. And I love that Ezekiel, he says to that situation to hear the word of the Lord. And that word hear, it means to listen with the intent to obey. I don't know if you've ever um, passed out a, a chore at home or something and the, you know, whoever it is, maybe one of your kids is like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. And, you know, two hours later, it's like they heard you, but not with the intent to obey. <laughs> Ezekiel's like, no, 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 hear the word of the Lord and obey the word of the Lord. Do something. There's action. And he commands as God commands him. God wants to give us words to speak and actions to take. You know, maybe there's a situation in your life where there's some dry bones and God is stirring you to speak some life into that situation. To maybe put a Bible verse where you can see it and just declare it every day until you see the breakthrough. And then when you get a glimpse of it, to keep going. And you know what? I'm preaching to my own heart here because I have valleys of dry bones in my life too. Things that really do seem impossible. More serious than the mount. Like, I was, I was always going to survive the mount. Um, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but there's, there are things in my life as well. And sometimes we can kind of just sit back and be like, well, if God wants to move, he'll do it. But maybe this morning God's stirring in you for you to do something. And uh, I know that when that happens, it's not just for us. Um, you know, Jesus, he knew that God was with him when he was on the earth. And he knew that what he was going to do and the areas that he was going to break through in was not even close to just being for him at all, but it was for all of us. And uh, in Luke chapter 4, it says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know, just earlier before that, Jesus was going through the hardest time in the wilderness and, and, and combating that with scripture. And then he comes and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He knew that he was not alone. He engaged in the miracles that God had for him that weren't just for him. And Ezekiel, um, in chapter 37, verse 14, it says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. 
Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. You know, the prophecy, it happened. In the book of Ezra, you can read about this prophecy getting fulfilled. It symbolizes so much more. And so you can read about that. And it influenced so many people, that prophecy being fulfilled. And when God does a miracle in our lives, He never designs the miracle just to stop with us. It is always for other people as well. You know, even if you can't picture a valley of dry bones in your own life right now, I'm sure there are people in your life that you can stand in the gap for them. But the miracles that God is bringing into our life go far, far, far beyond us. That the testimony of dead things coming back to life and the impossible being broken through and the Red Sea parting, that is going to build up other people's faith. That is going to point people to God. He says there in verse 14, Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. It's really not about us. It kind of is, but not really. God has the biggest plans, more than we could ask, more than we could imagine. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and at work in every single one of us. The same power that caused a valley of dry bones to get up and become a vast army, that same power is inside you if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And so this morning, what we're going to do is, in a few minutes, we are going to have an opportunity where we actually just want to pray for every single person in this room. And we're just going to pray for a fresh touch of God and that we would know this year in 2020 that we're not alone, that we would know the God that is on our side, that we would know His power. And um, we are going to have just little um, vessels of oil. So we are just going to um, put a little bit of oil on your forehead. If you really don't want that, just let us know. Um, but that all it is, there's no power in the oil, but it's just a physical representation of a fresh touch of God. And we all need it, right? We all need a fresh touch of God. None of us are getting bones to get up and live on our own, but with the power of God, we can. So what we're going to do is uh, I'll invite the, the band to, to come and um, I'm going to just invite us in rows to come down the front and there'll be some other people as well just coming around and praying for you. So um, I really encourage you, you know, just go back and read Ezekiel 37 again at home a few times and see what God brings to you out of it. It might be a situation that He points out to you. You know, it might be a person that He puts on your heart maybe that He's wanting you to reach out to. But yeah, I really just encourage you. It's such a passage of hope that God can do anything. So um, I might just get everybody to stand and I'll get the um, first two rows to come down into this space here. And um, then once we've prayed for you guys, we'll invite the next couple of rows out. So uh, don't be shy. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll pray for people.
Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.